Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Our God is alive. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ, He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 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 Hallelujah. We worship you. Thank you, Lord, for your presence that is here. Thank you for your presence that is here. Thank you for your presence that is here. Thank you for your presence that is here. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Praise you. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you. Worship you. Worship you. Worship you. Worship you. Hallelujah. Oh, we praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. You're so faithful. You're so faithful. You're so faithful. You're so faithful. You're so true. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Oh, you're so faithful. You're so faithful. You're so faithful. We praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise you, praise you, praise you. Give him the glory. Give him the glory. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all the blessings that you poured upon us in this month of August. We praise you. Thank you for being with us through the fire. Thank you for being with us through the wilderness. Thank you for being with us in the storm. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for being with us. How many of you can say, God was with me throughout this month? Hallelujah. If God was with you throughout the month of August, praise Him. Praise Him. Hallelujah. Praise Him. Hallelujah. Praise Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You are my God. I will rest in you patiently. If I submit your breakfast, suddenly, suddenly, you'll turn my night into day and my morning into dancing suddenly 
va al Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Who can come in the raging sea, oh Lord, so suddenly? Who can work wonders like you, oh Lord, so suddenly? Who can come in the raging sea, oh Lord, so suddenly? Who can work wonders like you, oh Lord, so suddenly. In the twinkling of the night, you brought Joseph out of prison. In the twinkling of the night, you leave the man at the pool. In the twinkling of an eye, you brought the dead back to life. Suddenly, suddenly, so suddenly. In the twinkling of an eye, you brought Joseph out of in the twinkling of an eye, you heal the men by the pool. In the twinkling of an eye, oh, you brought the dead back to life. Suddenly, suddenly, so suddenly. Joseph out of prison In the twinkling of an eye You healed a man by the pool In the twinkling of an eye You brought the dead back to life Suddenly Suddenly
rest in you patiently suddenly suddenly you'll turn my night into day and my morning into dancing suddenly Thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for your presence that is here. Suddenly, suddenly, so suddenly, when your time comes, 
You do wonders beyond measure. Hallelujah. You open rivers in the desert and make a way in the wilderness. Yes, suddenly, suddenly, oh, so suddenly, hallelujah, so suddenly, hallelujah, so suddenly, hallelujah, so suddenly, hallelujah. We thank you, Father, who can calm the raging sea, O Lord, so suddenly, who can work Wonders like you, O Lord, so suddenly, no one, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, because we have you. We are your people, hallelujah. We are the people of your pasture, hallelujah. We are the children of the Father in heaven, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, so suddenly, suddenly, so suddenly, hallelujah. You brought Joseph out of prison. When the word of the Lord tried him, and Joseph proved himself to be faithful to God, suddenly, when the test was over, God brought him out, hallelujah. God healed Job suddenly, hallelujah. When his trial was over, suddenly Job received double-fold blessings from the Almighty God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Suddenly, hallelujah. Suddenly, so suddenly, hallelujah. Praise you. Hallelujah. In a twinkling of an eye. Hallelujah. Before you can blink, before you can think, God does wonders. Hallelujah. We serve a miracle-working God. We serve a wonder-working God. Hallelujah. Who does wonders beyond measure. Hallelujah. Our God is a big God. Our God has, our God has a big heart. Our God has big hands. Our God has the biggest mind. He is the creator God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this night. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you have done thus far. And thank you for what you're going to do this night. I pray that you will continue to minister to our hearts, Father. We just humble ourselves at your feet, knowing that we are just dust, Father, before you. Lord, we are the work of your hands, and we bow down before you, acknowledging your power, acknowledging your wisdom, and in need of your mercy. And we ask you, Lord, that you will touch us. I pray that you will reveal your glory to us once more this night. Lord, I pray that you'll unveil the understanding of your people as a dry ground would look up to the sky. We look up to you, Jesus, at this hour. Speak to us, Lord. We will listen and obey. Lord, tune our hearts to the voice of the Holy Spirit 
I come against all the forces of darkness and every demonic spirit that is warring against the hearts, minds, and bodies of your people. I bind them in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you will cause your word to go into the hearts of your people, Father. Let not the enemy take it, O God, in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you do a mighty work, Lord, this night. Let the heart of the Father be glad. Oh, Father, let the eyes of Jesus Christ be filled with tears of joy when he looks at, us, looks at us, bearing much fruit for you, Lord. May this church rise up, oh, Father. May this church rise up to be your hands and feet, Lord, in this generation. Continue to refine our church, Lord. Continue to purify our church, Lord. May the love of the Lord Jesus Christ burst forth out of this church. May the peace of God burst forth out of this church. May the holiness of God, righteousness of God, burst forth out of this church, O Lord. May the healing river of God burst forth out of this church, O God. May the compassion that comes from the Almighty God burst forth out of this church, O God, in the name of Jesus, for this is your church. We ask you, Lord, that you will continue to hover over us, hover over our church, O Lord. We want you, Jesus. We want you, Jesus. We invite you, Jesus, at this hour. Oh, Father, disable the powers of darkness at this hour. Oh, Father, I pray. Empower your people to do your will, Lord. Whoever is crying out to you, whoever is at a state where they're not able to even understand or comprehend anything that you're speaking, I pray. That your hand may reach out to the depths of the hearts of your people. Pull them out of despair. Pull them out of the mire of sin. Pull them out of, Father, every bondage of the enemy. Pull them out of the grave of Satan. Oh Lord, I pray, may your light penetrate into the darkest darkness in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, may it bring your people out of darkness into your marvelous light. For you are the light, O oh Father. And I pray, Father, that you will cause each and every brother, every sister, every child who is here, who is listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, to move forward this day. To move forward this day. Move your people forward this day in the name of Jesus. Lord, we are your people. We are your people. You are our God. Move us forward, Lord, wherever there is a need. Whatever the need is, Oh, Holy Spirit, only you know. You know every heart. You know every worry that people have upon themselves. Lord, you know what is bothering them. You know every pain and you see every tear. Lord, you understand. And you're here to give us that way of escape. You're here to Change is all the more. You are here to beautify us with yourself. So I pray that you will do all these things, O oh Lord, this night. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Speak to us, O oh Lord, this night. Speak to us, O oh Lord, this night. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We commit ourselves into your hands. 
In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise be to God. We're going to go into God's Word. I'm just going to... Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. I want to stop right here. The Spirit of the Lord wants to speak to us about the importance of having a good testimony. Now, God has spoken to us many times from the um, book of Hebrews, chapter 11. And um, God has spoken to us about um, how faith in God, faith in what God can do, uh, plays a huge part in us having that good testimony. But today, God wants to speak to us about the importance of having a good testimony. So, I want to re- read two verses, because as the Lord told me to go to Hebrews 11, and when I went to Hebrews 11, as I began reading, the Lord told me, this is what God wants to speak. So, I'm going to pull one more verse, um, as the Lord wants me to. So, we're just going to go to Revelation and we're going to have it side by side as the Lord wants us to. And we're going to see how the Lord will lead us. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. I'm going to, verse 11. I'm going to read from New Living Translation. We're going to read from Hebrews chapter 11. Let me just go back to it and then I'll come back to Revelation chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 11 from verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. Faith is important for us to obtain a good testimony. And a good testimony is important for us to enter into heaven. So write these things down. Two things are very important. A good testimony is not an option, but it is essential for us to go into heaven. We need to have a good testimony. Each and every single believer is called to have a good testimony. Number one. Number two is, in order for us to have a good testimony, we need to have faith. And faith that God is looking for is not something that's flaky and it's dependent on our mood and dependent on how we feel and dependent on how our body is or how our family is. But the faith that comes from God is a... is an immovable faith, that faith that comes from God, is an immovable faith that cannot be shaken by what we see, what we hear, what we feel, what we can touch. It is not moved by our senses or this realm that we see, the realm that we see, the natural realm. The faith that God gives to us and the faith that will really overcome this world in order for us to enter into the next world or to live in the next world and rule in this current world is a faith that comes from God, imparted by God, operated by God, and gives us the power, which gives us the power to live an overcoming life in order to enter into heaven. So in order for us to go to heaven, we need to have a good testimony, and the good testimony that God will say it's a good testimony 
comes from faith. So let's just go to Revelation. I want to get to this passage now. I want to read New Living Translation. And they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. That means they didn't love their lives, so they were not afraid of death. What is this? If you look at this verse and you look at Hebrews 11, you see they both go hand in hand. Hebrews 11 and Revelation 12. They both go hand in hand because the people that are really going to go into heaven are people who have the faith to stand the test of time. Whatever comes our way, are we going to stand? Is your house going to stand? Jesus said this, that there was a builder who built his house and he built his house upon the rock. It's hard work. Building a house upon the rock is hard work. So if you're writing, write this down. If you look for an easy way to go to heaven, saying that, I really don't want to work towards it. I really don't want to make any effort towards it. But I just want it to be easy. Everything um, I do must be according to what I like. And it has to be easy. And I, sh- I don't want to pay a price for it. I don't want to really um, spend time in the things of God. Then we're actually closing the door to eternal life ourselves. So it is important to know that anything good will cost us. Even in this world, anything good will cost us. You know, if you want to uh, buy good clothes, it's going to cost you. It's never going to be a dollar and it's not going to be in a, uh, at a dollar store. If you want to buy something really good, if you want to go, want to get really good jewelry, you cannot find that in, but you cannot find that in a dollar store. I'm, I have nothing against dollar stores, but I'm saying anything good will cost us. And we have to have this in mind. You know, you pay for you know, you pay for what you get or you get what you've paid for. It's very true. Anything that is of value will be costly. When it comes to even getting paid, if you really work hard, you will get paid more. You know, sometimes people think that, oh, if you are in a bigger position Oh, it's glamorous. Yeah, it can be glamorous. But you know what? You have a lot of work to do. may not be a physical job, but a lot of mental work to do. And a lot of people who have a higher position, if they don't have God, lose a lot of sleep. And they have a lot of medications. Why? Because they're so anxious. If I don't do this, I'll lose this deal. What can I do? What can I do? All the time their mind is spinning. Anything that is of value will cost So what do they do? They spend time. A lot of times they work more and sleep less than God's word says. What is the point in working more and sleeping less? Because God gives his beloved sleep. Anything that is of worth will demand our time, will demand our concentration, will demand our money, will demand our effort, will demand our full attention. It will demand because... It is something that will give us profit. 
That's what an investment is. If you go to an investment firm, or even people flip houses, they have to first buy it. They have to first invest into it. And after that, they have to work on it. And after all of that, then they sell it. So while they're doing all these things, while they're putting their money, what they feel, are they crying, oh, my money is gone, it's wasted? No. They are putting their money down with the anticipation that once I put the money down, I can work when I buy it. And while they're working, are they crying over it? Oh, what a waste of time. No. They're working with faith, with anticipation. Once I'm done with this, oh, I got this house for what? $100,000 or $80,000 or whatever. Now I've done so much work on it. Now I'm going to sell it for $400,000 or whatever it is. So they calculate the profit and every time they work, what is in front of them? The profit. Once I'm done with this, I'm going to what? Make a profit. I'm going to pay off my debts or, you know, I'm going to buy a house or whatever it is. There is a goal. When you pay a price, you don't pay a price for nothing. You pay a price for something far greater. We need to have that in our minds. Following Jesus Christ is not for nothing. It's not for a loss and it's not for nothing. Jesus told this to the rich young ruler. He said this, he said, You are rich. You're young. But this is the time you can really give up everything and follow Jesus Christ. You know why? Because you have great riches and greater reward in heaven. That means when you go to heaven, you're going to be really, really, really rich over there. Jesus spoke to him in terms of his understanding. And he said the fact that whatever you give up on earth, you will gain in the end. You're never going to lose. And Jesus was talking to him in terms of, you know, how he does business. The man, the rich young ruler. So he was talking about trade-off. You trade off what you have presently. And you are going to get something far greater eternally where you're going to live forever and ever and ever. But that rich young ruler, though he was rich, didn't have the wisdom to comprehend what Jesus said. Jesus said, follow me. And even if you don't get anything, just following Jesus Christ is the biggest opportunity. God in flesh does so much wonders and just to be with him. But his heart was not in the right place. So, we need to understand this. If a person's heart is not in the right place, even if they see God himself in front of them, they'll be drawn by the things of the world. Not just because their understanding was not there. Because Jesus clearly explained it. If there's one teacher in this world who can really make everyone understand, that's Jesus Christ. When he told the rich young ruler, he told the truth to him in a way that he can understand. He spoke to him according to business terms. After the truth was told, he heard all of that and he felt sorrowful. And he went away because he was not willing to trade off that which he had for something far greater. He didn't value. He didn't believe. He didn't value. So, faith is linked to the Word of God. Faith 
is linked to our value system. Jesus Christ spoke about this and he told him something far greater, very important, which is about eternity and the rich young ruler want to know about eternal life. Jesus gave the answer to him. And along with the answer, or within the answer, I should say, came the call of Christ, which he did not give to every single person. He could have just said, well, um, like to Nicodemus, you know, except a man be born, you know, of the water and of spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. He could have just given an answer like that to this man. But he didn't. He actually went further. He spoke to him something deeper. Because Jesus knew that he can understand. When Jesus spoke to him, the man who heard everything made a conscious decision that I'm going to say no to the God of heaven and earth. I'm going to say no to the king of glory. I'm going to say no. No, thank you. I've chosen death over life. Now, maybe puzzling for some of us when we hear this. How can he do that? How can he do that? How can he do that? Yet, how many times in your day-to-day life you have done that? When you know that this is going to cost your walk with the Lord and you still did it anyway. When you know for for sure that this would grieve the Holy Spirit and you grieved him anyway. May God help us never to be like that. May we have the fear of the Lord in our hearts. May we have the wisdom of God to comprehend what the Spirit of God brings before us and to value the Word of God. The rich young ruler did not value the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you think if Pilate would have called him, the rich young ruler would have gone? He would have. If if Pilate would have said, well, I want to make you second to me, give up your business and come. He would have. His mind was caught up with the affairs of this world. One thing he was blinded to was that this life is short. He could have been dead the following year. We don't know. Or he could have lived for five more years and he could have been gone. But the time that Jesus called him, you know what a great call it was? What a rare call it was for Christ to say, come, follow me. How much he would have seen, how much he would have received from Jesus Christ. He could have become like Apostle Paul. He could have become like Apostle Peter. He could have been used by God to write one of the epistles here, like James. But he lost it all. Do we know his name? Do we know his name? We all know rich young ruler. That's about it. How many rich young rulers are there in this world? How many young rich people are there? Many people. Anything outstanding about them? Other than them having money and having fancy cars? Nothing. Many people are there. Their names just fall to the ground. How many people have read the Bible, have heard the name of Apostle Paul, have heard Matthew, have heard Mark, have heard Luke, 
how many people have their names all over the world not only in the west even in the east people have names as paul peter john matthew so many different names from the bible that were taken from the names of the disciples of the lord jesus christ why because they gave up everything and followed the lord jesus christ but the rich young ruler was a man who was unknown in the bible with no name a man with no name rich young ruler who did not value the kingdom of god who did not value the things of god who did not value the word of god so he had no place in the word of god if you value the word of god you have place in the word of god when you don't value the word of god you won't have any place in the book of life so in order for us to have the place in the book of life in the word of god in christ himself within christ himself we need to have these two things very important chapter 12 revelation chapter 12 verse 11 and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony i want to read the same verse in english standard version and they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony they loved not their lives even unto death new king james version and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to death now we're all reading this they overcame him overcame him who do they overcome who is that him over there he whatever who is that person if you're overcoming someone that's your enemy who is that enemy here just just go back to let me just take you back to verse 10 then I heard a loud voice in heaven say Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night have been hurled down I read from NIV I'm going to read from NLT Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens It has come at last salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ for the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth the one who accuses them before our God day and night This accuser of the brethren is Satan himself and what is he doing he is going and he is accusing the people of god before god himself how long is he accusing what's his duration day and night he never gets tired of accusing day and night means constantly he's going and trying to say something but you know he said he did she did he did she did he's accusing god's people before god day and night let me tell you this this is what satan does night and day he will go and try to push somebody to do something and if they do they go into their territory if they don't he will still try to go and accuse false 
accusation. He will constantly go and accuse God's people before God day and night. Why? Because if the accusation is true, if the accusation seems to be true, then what's going to happen in God's court will be found guilty. Which is, if the people of God don't repent before God, they will be guilty. That's number one, if they were guilty. Number two, if they're not guilty, then his accusation will not be true and it's not going to stand. Just like in a court system. Anybody can bring any accusation, any charge. They can say that, well, you know, they stole my shoes or they stole my car or whatever it is. So they come and they file a complaint. Now, the next thing is proof needs to be submitted. That's where the next verse comes into play. We have to understand. A lot of times the scripture is taken out of context and they say that, oh, the devil accuses day and night, but you know what? Jesus intercedes, so you're fine. No, that's not what the Bible says. Jesus intercedes for whom is what you see in the next verse, which is the people of God who have their consciences washed by the blood of Jesus and they bear a good testimony. That means these are people who walk with God, who are not self-centered people, who are not holding on to their lives. That means me, 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 me instead. Even if it comes to death, they will be faithful to God. So, in short, if you are faithful to God, the accusations of Satan against you will not stand. I want to tell a couple of things that the Holy Spirit is bringing at this hour. When it comes to accusations, Satan will use people to accuse God's people falsely. False accusation. Now, Jesus is our prime example and we see Jesus was accused falsely before Pilate. Oh, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, don't pay taxes to Caesar. Now, that's not true. They lied. False accusations will rise up against God's people. You say something that's true, that God is telling you to do, Satan can take that and twist it in the minds of people, in the minds of those who would agree with what the enemy brings. But when it comes to God, when it comes to God's court, the accusation that comes against God's people will not stand. Jesus Christ stood there before Pilate, even though Satan tried to bring false accusation through people about Jesus Christ, still, even in front of man, God moved this man. God moved this man's wife. She had a dream and she came to him and to her husband. And she said that, don't do anything with this man. This man is innocent. An encouragement for you here. If your life is on point with God, if you're walking uprightly before the Lord, Lord God Almighty, no amount of false accusations against you will stand. It will not stand. Ultimately, the judge of all judges will come and intercede on your behalf. This happened for Job. When Job's friends came and they came and spoke like they're very so righteous, Job doesn't know anything. And Job, you have sin in your life and this is why it's happening for you and all kinds of things against Job. And what happened? God showed up. He didn't show up when the friends were talking. No, he let each one of them talk. They talked whatever they wanted to. 
after they finished talking, God comes and he comes furiously angry at Job's friends. Guess what? Job's friends were not praising Satan. Job's friends were talking for God, so to speak. What were they speaking? God's word? No. And not every single person trying to say that, oh, I have zeal for God, I'm speaking for God, is actually from God. When a person is really walking with God, that their life bears testimony, like we read in Revelation chapter 12, that their life stands as a testimony before God. And Satan is accusing these faithful saints of God. He's using people to accuse them on earth. And he's going before God to accuse them before God, saying that, well, you see, Lord, what the people are saying, that these people are saying this and that, and you see what he did, and you know what's happening, all kinds of story, false allegations. He stirs up people to say things falsely about his servant. It happened for Joseph. It happened for Jesus. When false accusations rise up against God's people, it's very important not to act in the flush, not to be impulsive, not to give in to fear, not to be very protective of one's own image, if you bear the image of God, you will not care about your image. You will care about the image of God. God, who cares about his image and yours because you're in him, will come and defend you. False accusations rose up against Moses also. Every servant of God who is sincerely serving God will face these things. When these things rise up, you know who will come and stand and shut these things down? God himself. That's the glorious part when we serve the living God. So the accuser of the brethren, accuser of the brethren, that means real brothers and sisters in Christ who are really loving Jesus and living for him will face this false accusation. Satan is called the liar from the beginning. What did he lie about in the beginning? Think about that. What did Satan lie about in the beginning? He lied about God. He came and he said, Well, Eve, you can't trust God, you see. Because he doesn't want you to be like him. That's why he's telling you not to touch this fruit. That's why he's telling you not to eat this fruit. Did he really say that? He's not in your best interest. Well, I am. He lied to Eve. Do you know how Eve was able to be bought into that lie because she did not have faith in God. That's why Hebrews 11 comes there. That's where Revelation 12 comes also. If your faith is under attack, you'll become an easy prey to the devil. If Satan causes you to stumble easily, he can drag you down very quickly. If you get offended too quickly, if you get offended too easily, know that that's a check mark for pride. You need to check that and you need to rectify that. You have to say, oh, 
This need to be out because this is a snare for me. The accuser of the brethren who accuses God's people, each one of you here, day and night before God, that's all he does. That's in addition to trying to set up traps for God's people. That's in addition to causing problems in the families of God's people. Bringing misunderstandings between husbands and wives. Bringing misunderstandings between parents and children. Bringing problems in health. Causing chaos at workplaces. Riling up people against the people of God. Causing all kinds of things. In addition to that, he riles up people to make them think that he doesn't like you, she doesn't like me, they doesn't, they don't like me, nobody likes me. And also, what does that Satan do? He'll try to bring false allegations. Think that, oh, you did this to me. What else does Satan do? He even goes to God himself. And he says, oh, you know what? Your favorite son, your favorite daughter. Oh, by the way, the one you died for. By the way, the one who for whom your son died for. Look at that. And what will Satan do? He will lie about God's people. This is not about, this verse is not about people who are not walking with God, living in sin, and Satan is going and accusing them. No, that God knows already. Satan doesn't have to accuse anything. Because it's already there in God's book. Every time somebody sins, it's already there. Satan falsely accuses God's people. He causes all these things, and then he'll go and he'll stand and he'll say, Oh, look at this, Lord. Do you know that? As if God doesn't know. However, God says that, you know, at his court, at God's court, we as God's people, how can we defend ourselves before God and before Satan? It's by the blood of the Lamb. We are bought by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to be true to the blood of the Lamb of God. Not trample the blood of the Lamb. This verse is not for those who trample the blood of the Lamb and say, Oh, I have the blood of the Lamb covered. No. No. This is for people who do not frustrate the grace of God. Who do not trample the blood of the Son of God but have the blood of Jesus upon themselves and hold it with reverence. Have the blood of the Lamb saying, I have the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I will not sin against the Lord. And by the word of their testimony, what is their testimony? That by faith they overcame. By faith they overcame. By faith they overcame. By faith they didn't presumptuously sin against God. By faith they overcame. In every area, every trap that Satan set. It's important for us to know. When Satan brings an accusation, if we have the blood of the Lamb upon our lives, and we have the testimony that we didn't defy the blood of the Lamb, but we made use of it, and by faith we overcame every attack of the enemy, then that false accusation will just drop to the ground in God's court. We overcome. 
How did we overcome? How can we overcome? The Bible says the accusation of the enemy and enter in because you can't go in until the verdict is passed. If the accuser is accusing, the verdict has, has to be passed and we need to have the evidence to show. Our evidence has to be the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That means a clear conscience before God is important. If your conscience is not clear before God, know this. It's a no right there. You can put an X mark right there to say that, you know what, disqualified. So it's important, very important for God's people to know that if I need to live an overcoming life, I need to be very keen on maintaining, preserving my testimony. Who is after your testimony? Satan is after your testimony. Not just healing testimony. Healing testimony is very important because he's after that because it testifies to the greatness of the Lord God Almighty. And more than that, he's after your testimony. What testimony is? Your holiness. He's after the testimony that the blood has cleansed you and you are pure. He's after that purity. If you defile that, you don't have a testimony after that. You can't say, I have the blood of Jesus. Where is it? If the blood of Jesus is on you, then you should be white as snow. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all our sins and unrighteousness. And after that, it's our job to stay clean. Not stain your garment, the Bible says. It's important to be true. It's important to be humble. It's important to be faithful to God and to man. It's important to be holy. Mouth, your mouth has to be sanctified. Every word that comes out of your mouth needs to be God glorifying. How do they overcome by the word of their testimony? You know how important our words are? How important our words are? The Bible says, if our own conscience doesn't if, you, if our own conscience condemns us, then God is greater than our conscience. Two testimonies are very important. Three, actually. But why I said two was deep within our soul. Because outside anybody can say, oh, this is such a sweet person. But inside your heart, you know who you are. But if you're really bad outside, people will know you're bad. So that's a bad witness. So it, in that case, it's three. But there are people who can fool, who fool everyone around, you know. And people be thinking, oh, wow, what a saint. Meanwhile, inside, they're crooks. But two testimonies are very crucial. One is your own conscience. Your own conscience will say whether you are a saint or you're a sinner or you're a hypocrite. Your own conscience is very important. Secondly, God who is greater than your conscience. Let me take you to that scripture so that you have the scripture in front of you. Let me just pull that scripture out. So you can write it down. Let's go to First John chapter three. Verse 22 
24. 1 John chapter 3 verses 20 to 24. If our conscience condemns us, we know that God is greater than our conscience and that He knows everything. And so, my dear friends, if our conscience does not condemn us, we have courage in God's presence. We receive from Him whatever we ask because we obey His commandments and do what pleases Him. What He commands is that we believe in His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as Christ commanded us. Those who obey God's commandments live in union with God and God lives in union with them. And because of the spirit that God has given us, we know that God lives in union with us. I'm going to read First John here. Verse um, 20, chapter 3, verse 20. I'm going to read in King James Version. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. ESV. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. He knows everything. NIV. If our heart condemns us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and He knows everything. New King James Version. If our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. And I'm just going to take you to one more verse. The next verse. NIV. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. Underline this. If you have to memorize this, memorize this. When will you have confidence? A lot of times people say, Lord, we are your children. We boldly come before your throne. When can you really boldly go before the throne of God? When your heart really does not condemn, that means you have your heart cleansed with the blood of Jesus Christ and you walk in righteousness. Then your heart won't condemn you. You can't be sinning and saying, oh, I'm covered, my heart is not condemning. You yourself will know inside that you are a wretched sinner, a hypocrite. So, when will your heart not condemn you? When you are living a righteous life and when your heart doesn't condemn you, then you have confidence in God. You have confidence in God. New Living Translation. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. Why? How? Because we have a good testimony. Because we are walking according to the commandments of the Almighty God, that we are walking in obedience to the Word of God. So, Obeying God is very important. How we live is important. How is our conscience before God? How is your conscience before God? Is your conscience guilty? Is it stained? Is it clean before God? It's very important. How you keep yourself is very important. They overcame. Who? The accuser. Who accused the people of God night and day. How? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. The blood of the Lamb is the first thing. Because without the blood of the Lamb, there's no salvation. Without the blood of the Lamb, there's no cleansing. So, from the time we are born to the time we come to the knowledge that God has given, that we have sinned before God, 
and that we are in need of the Savior, and we receive the blood of the Lamb, and our sins are wiped away, we have the first eligibility to enter into heaven. That's the first one. You know, it's like when you become a citizen, you have been given the citizenship with full faith in you that you will not become a traitor. When you become a traitor, you know what will happen? Everything will be revoked and you will become a prisoner. All the freedom and the benefits that you got when you became a citizen will be gone. The Spirit of God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. The blood of Jesus cannot be treated lightly, cannot be taken for granted. It's not cheap. Don't become a traitor in the kingdom of heaven, in the kingdom of God. Be faithful to God. Don't take things for granted. Don't take the blood of Jesus for granted. So the first thing that makes a person eligible to inherit eternal life is the blood of the Lamb. We need that. So salvation. We cannot say that, well, I have good testimony, I'm a good person, but I don't need the blood of Jesus. No. So that's the first thing that God mentions here in Revelation. The blood of the Lamb is the first thing. Secondly, is the word of our testimony. What is that? A clear conscience and a testimony that I have kept my faith, as Apostle Paul said. I have fought the good fight of faith and I have kept my faith. I have finished my race. Or every single day when the accuser of the brethren goes before God and he accuses you falsely because no believer should be accused for presumptuous sin. When you're accused falsely, the blood of the Lamb, the word of your testimony, God will see you like how He saw Job. Innocent. God will stand up and He will vindicate you. That's how you overcome. By the blood of the Lamb and with the word of your testimony. So what is Satan after now? Think about this. If the blood of the Lamb is important, He can't do anything with that. That's very powerful. And through the blood of the Lamb, we receive salvation. We're supposed to keep it by not becoming traitors. So what will He try to do? He'll try to see if He can make God's people into traitors, thereby pull everything, take away all the rights, and go to God and say, Oh, you know what? This is my property because he sold himself to me. She is my property because she sold herself to me. Just like how Judas did. Judas was chosen by God. What what did he do? He sold himself. He became a traitor. As a result of that, he is a classic example of how someone can fall from grace, fall from discipleship, and fall from the future apostleship that God had for him. May God help us to be aware of the craftiness, cunning ways of Satan. And never give in to the lies of the enemy. I'm going to close as the Spirit of the Lord wants me in a few minutes. But we're just going to read this. Let's go 
back to Revelation chapter 12. And I want to read verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. God is talking over here about how Satan will finally, the one who accused God's people night and day, finally will be brought to an end. We know that he's going to be brought to an end when God comes back. Before that, he's out. What is he out doing? He is trying to see who he can trap. He is trying to see how he can make a believer fall. How he can cause somebody to go into despair, into unbelief, into anger, into bitterness. He'll stir up somebody and stir up a fight here and stir up bad thoughts here, stir up bad words here. But you know better. You, as a child of God, you know better. This is how the enemy operates. There's nothing new. He's been doing this from the beginning. He started with Eve and he'll end with the last person. But you know what? You don't want to be a casualty. Every believer is a target of Satan. You don't have to be scared, but you cannot be closing your eyes and walking around saying that, well, nothing is going to happen to me. If you're not careful, you keep your eyes closed and walk. You can fall into some ditch. You don't have to be paranoid every time you're walking if you have your eyes open. You know how to avoid ditches. You know how to drive a car. You know how to walk. Try closing your eyes and try climbing up the stairs and going down. God has given us eyes to see. We have the word of God as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It is so important for us to use it. It's so important for us to stay in the Word of God and let the Word of God program your mind, reprogram your mind, renew your mind every single day. It's the blood of the Lamb. It's by the blood of the Lamb. And by the Word of whose testimony? By your testimony can you overcome the enemy. Can you overcome the enemy? Blessed be the Lord. Our testimony is very important. Verse 11, For they triumphed over him. Who? The accuser of the brethren, Satan. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Who made the choice? The people here. If they can do it, can you do it? Are they human beings? Absolutely. God has given to us His Spirit. has given us the power to overcome. And He says, this is how you overcome. Make sure you don't let the enemy rob you of your testimony. That means your walk with God, how you live. You need to have a clear conscience on the inside. Your testimony is what will keep you from being disqualified. You need to make sure 
that your walk, your talk, your mannerisms reflects Jesus Christ. Make sure it reflects Jesus Christ. Blood of the Lamb. In the word of our testimony. Being saved, being bought by the blood of Jesus. And living a righteous life. In accordance to what Christ has paid his blood for. Equals living and overcoming life. May God bless us this night as we close. May we obtain a good testimony before God. May our own conscience give a good testimony about us. That we may know that we are walking with God. That we may not deceive ourselves. Deep within our conscience, we may know that we are doing that which pleases God. That we are not living for man. We are not living for woman. We are not living for family. We are not living for money. We are not living for name. We are not living for fame. Well, we need to be like these people in Hebrews chapter 11. And in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, who did not love their lives so much as to shrink, shrink from death. Every time you need to make a choice. Choose life. Every time you have to make a choice. Know that being faithful to the word of God will keep you from falling. When the accuser of the brethren, Satan, goes and stands before God and accuses you to God, saying that he is not fit to go to heaven, she is not fit to go to heaven. You know, what will actually be presented there will be your own witness why you'll be fit to go to heaven. It's the blood of the Lamb, the salvation that came from him. And your walk with God, void of offense. At that time, God will say, oh no, that's a false accusation. And we have overcome. The enemy, who would have done everything he can to prevent us from entering into eternity with Christ. Shall we pray? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for this life that you've given us. The life that I now live. I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. I pray that you bless your people this night that they may be overcomers by having a good testimony that their own conscience may bear the testimony before God that they are walking with God they are living uprightly thank you Lord continue to purge us continue to draw us closer to you Everything that is not of you, Lord, may be removed from the lives of the people. Father, the truth be found in the inward parts of your people, Lord. The truth be found in the inward parts of your people, Lord.
let truth be found in inward parts of your people in every area of their lives. Oh Lord, I pray. May holiness unto the Lord be marked, O oh Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. May we obtain a good testimony before God and within our own conscience. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. I pray that you will continue to work in the hearts of your people. Build them up, build them up, build them up, Father. Build them up, Father, every single day. Build them up, Father, in the most holy faith. Cause them, Lord, to become more like Jesus. Every attack of the enemy to shipwreck their faith they come crumbling down in Jesus' name. Every attack of the enemy over our church, let it come crumbling down in Jesus' name. Father, we are yours. We commit ourselves into your hands. You are the Savior of this church. So I pray you come save us as we hold out our hands to you. with integrity and with truth and cry out to you for your mighty touch. May we receive the unforgettable touch from the Lord Jesus Christ transforming the lives of your people. We thank you, Father. Lord, your ways are upright and thank you for calling us to live such a royal life, Lord. Life of faith. Walk of faith. It's such a royal life. You paid the price. Your own precious blood. So that we can live in you. And we can walk this royal path of life. We thank you, Father. Continue to bless your people. Be with us, Lord, this night. May your word do a deeper work in the lives of the people, Father, I pray. May your word do a deeper work in the lives of the people, Father, I pray. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. We praise you. 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 Oh, Jesus, we praise you. Thank you for speaking to us this night. Let your word continue to work in the hearts of your people. Build them up to become mighty men and women of the Most High God. Oh, Lord to bring many out of darkness into light. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you.
Thank you, Lord. 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 Ms. Pastor was praying and giving the word this evening. Just remember the reminder of the song, Prepare My Heart. Prepare my heart to seek you. Prepare my heart to praise you. Prepare my heart. Prepare my heart. Prepare my heart to serve you. Purify me, Lord. Make me holy now. Oh, how I need the blood of the Lamb. Make me worthy, Lord, to worship the Holy One. Oh, how I need the blood of the Lamb. I will arise and go into your house to worship your great name. I will arise and go into your courts to offer sacrifice of praise. Prepare my heart, prepare my heart. I will arise and go through your gates, singing aloud of your fame. I will arise and go into your presence with joy and celebrate your name. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the crystal clear word, Lord, that you've given us. We cannot go wrong. I pray that no one, Father, would miss to take the word in as it was given from you and to apply it right away. Thank you, Lord. There's hope for those who don't procrastinate. There's hope for those who take it seriously. There's hope for all of us, Lord, because of your great mercy to cause us to seek you and to be worthy of your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And thank you, Lord, for showing us clearly that we can be just like the rich young ruler. Despise the great offer of everlasting life. Despise your company. The opportunity to fellowship with you and walk with you through this brief life so that we can gain an eternal reward that will never fade. Thank you, Lord. I pray, Lord, every one of us would be careful to remember the word and to seize the opportunity while it's presented to make sure we get in the door to make sure we're well-pleasing to you. Your consciences are clear. Thank you, Lord. I praise and thank you for all your mercies. In Jesus' precious name, I praise you. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen.